0: Hey everybody, welcome to episode 374 of the Fitness, Food, and Freedom podcast. I'm Jordan Stoltz, your host. Today, I'm talking about three things that I learned from personal training, talk a little bit about my experience, my career a little bit today, and then just kind of give some lessons that I drew from stage one, essentially, of my fitness career, just my career in the fitness industry, and hopefully give some good insight into things you can maybe change in your own lifestyle and habits and fitness, or if you're a personal trainer listening to it or a coach, maybe it'll provide some insight and just something to relate to and maybe even teach you something on how to coach people even better. It's something that I think I do pretty well. Um, In-person training is always my favorite, but if you want to work with me from a distance, reach out to me. Um, I always put my email in the description of the podcast and I have my Instagram page in there as well. You can reach out to me on either location and I can help you out or at least just give you some advice on your goals and directions and, um, uh, just how to make more progress to kind of do some of the things that I talk about in today's show. Um, so thank you for all the support reaching out like that really helps support the show, subscribing to the show, whether it's on Spotify, Amazon, Google. Stitcher, Podcast Republic, iTunes, whatever it is, that helps the show grow as well. And of course, reviewing the podcast helps immensely. I appreciate all of the support, the continuous listens and downloads, and the nice messages when you reach out to me. Uh, Let's get started today's show, though. It's Tuesday morning, I'm recording this. This will be coming out Wednesday morning. And I have three things today that I learned from personal training for a few years. Let's get started, everybody What's up everybody? Jordan Stoltz back with another episode of the Fitness, Food and Freedom podcast. And I'm on baby duty right now, watching my little boy, and he's hanging out in his little swing right next to me and uh looking pretty good. He's pretty awake right now, making some little noises, kicking his legs. I think he's kind of working something out at this point if you know what I mean. But um hopefully I can get through this whole podcast without him starting to fuss or anything like that. And hopefully it really just turns out to be a good episode, you know, and I just want to provide some value for you today. I wanted to dig in a little bit into my career in fitness and give you a little backstory, I guess. You've told it before. A lot of you uh, know some of these stories already. So I'm not going to go too deep into the weeds. But I do want to draw some lessons from one stage of it. So I want to talk about personal training a little bit, which is where I started. And it's kind of evolved over the years, you know, I think I started, I was in college 2012, something like that. And I was working, uh, making design changes to a website for the college. And I eventually had left that job and moved over to a gym in the area It was really close to the school. Really quick little drive. I could drive my motorcycle over there, and um, I started out at the front desk. That was, I guess, the initiation time into the fitness industry. It was a small, twenty-four hour gym. We're only desk for a few hours a day, so that was just talking to the members, cleaning, and in that whole time, um, I was taking my personal trainer test and studying for that, and passed that. And uh, the personal trainer test, side note, was surprisingly not that hard. Um, Strength coach test later on, the CSCS was much harder (laughs) if you need some insight on some test taking if you're a coach. But anyways, I started my training career there. So 2013 or 14, I ended up starting personal training. And it kind of worked out well because you're starting from the desk, you're able to sell training packages from the desk and then train them yourself. You know, if you're certified, you can just I guess, refer them to yourself as far as um, how that system, that little funnel works. So it worked out pretty well. And I personally trained for a few years until 2016 or 15, somewhere in there. From that point, um, my career took me to a more um, athletic level, I guess. And I started training athletes in an internship at the University of Nebraska. And that was an unpaid internship for a year and then the following year, I got into a master's program for business at that university. And then the following year after that, was then a paid graduate assistant strength coach in the same weight room that I'd started interning in a couple years before that. And then from there, everything's been online. So I kind of went digital. I went uh, to training people distantly, whether that's personally through my work, training people in nutrition, and have been coaching really ever since. So really, I say that I've been coaching people since 2013, essentially. So it's been seven years now here and there, and it hasn't always been full-time. The internship was 20 hours a week. The graduate assistantship was 30 hours a week, something like that. And the online coaching has been up and down as far as like how many people I've been working with. Since I started my job in 2018, it's been pretty much full-time online coaching and mainly in nutrition, some in exercise. So a lot of coaching experience and I wanted to start at the beginning and draw some lessons and I think this might be a fun series to talk about some things that I've learned from every stage in the journey because there are these different stages. There's the stage as an online coach, the stage as uh, someone working with athletes. So the collegiate level, I could draw my own lessons from that. And then the personal level, the personal training in a gym. And I want to start there today and talk about some of the lessons I learned in personal training. And, you know, if you are interested in a career in fitness, you have to personal train. I think that everybody should, that should be step one, maybe even get that job at a gym. So you, um, Are exposed to it, and you can see, you know, the ins and outs, you can see how the business is run, you can learn all of the behind the scenes work you have to do, and then start training people that go to that gym and that you already have relationships with. I would do it the same way in a heartbeat if I could. Um, and you know, personal training, you do learn a lot from people, um, people in general want someone to talk to, but. They also want direction, and I think that it is maybe a misunderstanding that personal trainers are just therapists and that they just listen to people's problems all day. That's true. You do get a lot of conversation, but a lot of it is just trying to fill the time, I guess, and then a lot of it is also uh, you are there to motivate them, and they are coming to you paying a lot more than just the gym membership price because... They trust you to motivate them, get them results when they were not able to before. Most of the time, these people are people that are not regular to the gym because the people, honestly, that would go to the gym every single day or a few times a week, they didn't need the trainer and they would be very vocal about that. So the first lesson, it's kind of related along those lines, is that the people that you're going to train and, you know, people in general, I learned this in the first year are very flaky, and this is no knock on anybody that I ever trained. This is no knock on um, you in you know as a gym goer or someone who's into fitness and I'm sure I'm guilty of it as well, but in general, when it comes to fitness, people are pretty flaky they you know in the personal training setting a lot of people would be no shows a lot of people would skip sessions a lot of people would not give a heads up a lot of people would start the sign up process and then never continue. Um, the, the, the flakiness is very real and very frustrating as a trainer because when you're a trainer and someone signs up for a package, even if you have your money and they paid you, you want to get them results that way you're, that's what you're there for. And you don't become a trainer for the money. You become a trainer because you like getting people results and helping them. And if they aren't following what you're doing, or they're not showing up, they're not putting in the work. Um, it's very frustrating. That flakiness really got under my skin a little bit as a personal trainer, especially with a few different clients over the years, um, where you just couldn't trust them to actually continue the process. And even now with my like online training, I see that a lot uh, with people not following through, not finishing, not uh, powering through, and trusting and just seeing where it goes. So that flakiness, I think, you know, if you're a fitness professional, it's important to know that. And it's important to be patient with it. And it took me a while to realize that it's just about priorities. And I've talked about this a lot in in regards to you and your priorities. But also, if you're a trainer, you have to realize um, what are people's priorities. And yours might be, because it's your career, yours might be to get them fitness results. That's priority number one for you at that moment that they come into the gym. But for them, it's really not. They have their mind on work. Maybe they're tired. Maybe they have a newborn baby. Maybe they have other obligations and their fitness is not at the top of the list. Now, paying money typically helps it to be more towards the top of the list, which is why I'm a fan of charging a little bit more for training uh, back when I was personal trained than a lot of the other trainers. Get that commitment in. But at the end of the day, there are some flakes out there and you can't let it. Be a personal thing. It's just that that's how people are. With their fitness is just not a main priority sometimes, and that's just fine. And I think that if you are someone who's into fitness and trying to improve and all those things, maybe you are right now blaming yourself for being flaky. Try to back that up a little bit and just realize it's about priorities. So that's lesson number one. Sometimes your priority is fitness. Sometimes it's not, and that's okay. It doesn't say anything about you as a person. It doesn't mean you can't hit goals. And achieve things. It's just um, how your life is set up at the moment. All right. So the next one is going to be that people get bored pretty fast, and that people enjoy novelty. I, you know, you, you know it works. If you're schooled in training, you're schooled in nutrition. You know that essentially. I'm not a fan of minimalist type programs and stuff like that, but the basics work really well. You get really strong on a few different lifts, you're going to build muscle. If you are eating in a calorie deficit, however that be, you're going to lose weight. And it really is basic when it comes down to it. I heard a quote the other day that was pretty good about muscle building. That was, you're going to get bored before you're going to get big because the stuff that works is not the novelty, and it's not the really exciting things, and it's not the different angles of an exercise, new exercises, different rest periods. All that stuff is fine, but it's not the stuff making the results. The boring stuff really is. But as a trainer, you have to be careful. You have to tiptoe that line of simplicity and novelty to keep people interested and you know to make it worth their money because they're paying you not to prescribe three sets of incline press for 20 weeks in a row, because you know if you get stronger on incline press, you're gonna get a better chest. That's not what they're paying you for though. They're paying you for a lot of different things. You know, you gotta kinda examine the client themselves. Like I had one person that was in the military. He definitely wanted to end each session in a puddle of sweat, sore, and feeling like he really worked. I think it was something to do with that discipline from from the military worked with other people who really didn't want to be pushed that hard at all and just wanted to feel like they moved and had a little sweat and exercise that day. You have to kind of meet people where they are. And a little novelty does spice up your program a little bit, although you have to realize that's not what making the results. So if you're on your own fitness journey, once again, that's an important thing to realize. The boring stuff, the progression over time, increasing your volume, taking deloads, tracking your food. That's the stuff that gets the results. And you could just do that and see lots of progress. The novelty is there to spice things up, make it fun, um, maybe feel a muscle in a way you didn't before or work in a way that you had not previously worked. So the novelty has its place in time, and it's, it, it's really not useless. It's just for interest. And it's for maybe some kind of connection to the muscle, but for the most part, the boring stuff is what works. So as you're designing your own program, hiring a coach, be sure that there's some kind of underlying progression of boring and that the novelty is just there for interest and it's there to make you think you are working harder, getting new stimulus, all that stuff. It's there for a reason, but it shouldn't be all novelty. And it shouldn't be switching up every week because the boring stuff is what works. And as a trainer, that's kind of a challenge because people don't like boring and people get bored with boring. So you have to really tiptoe that line. If you're a trainer, listen to this. It is a tough job. And I'll tell you, you know, in a strength coach setting, it's a lot easier because athletes just show up. They have their goal. They have their sport. They want to improve. And they know as long as you explain to them what that movement or Boring thing is improving in their sport. They are happy for the most part if they like training. Um, Clients who just want to feel better and look better typically need a little bit more novelty in their training. The next one is that the most powerful change that you can do as a personal trainer and yourself pursuing your own fitness goals is sneaking in lifestyle changes. I realized this over the years that I would try to accomplish a lot in a personal training session. I would, you know, try to get the cardio in, try to get a nutrition lesson, try to get the weight training in. And I realized over time that it's hard to fit it all in in a half hour or an hour, especially if people are flaky and are late. So instead, I started giving homework and started making them accomplish different goals, fill out different charts and things like that, throughout the week, track their food and report back to me in a food diary, Um, track their steps, report back to me in a step diary, these kind of things, eat a certain number of servings of vegetables, little things that sneak in lifestyle changes because you're not gonna be their trainer forever and you're not, if it's you listening who have the fitness goals, you're not going to be all in on those goals forever. It's not flakiness, it's just that you might have other priorities later So the most powerful thing you can do is implement habits that'll carry through to those times when you don't feel as motivated and driven for the gym or even have somebody hired as a coach. So it's important to, as a coach, implement lifestyle uh, changes that go a long way, like eating more servings of vegetables won't directly cause weight loss, but eating more servings of vegetables will make you healthier, it'll make you have better digestion, it will fill you up while you're dieting and you're eating more nutrients, you have more health benefits that way, and you're likely going to make better food choices down the road, even if you're not tracking if you are used to eating more vegetables and you kind of crave those in your diet. Um, If you are craving sweets and you turn to fruit, as an example, fruit could still make you definitely gain weight if you're overeating it, but choosing fruit as your sweet source is a good lifestyle change because you aren't turning to sugar all the time, which is really easy to overeat. And if you're down the road in a time where you're not tracking as closely or you're not as driven, um, that habit of picking up a piece of fruit instead of sugar is going to kind of shine through. Even tracking your food, building that habit up is a good lifestyle change. Activity is a big one. Steps is always something I try to get people to be aware of. And then they become eventually very aware of a decrease in steps, even without tracking them. That's kind of like where I'm at right now is I was talking the last episode about how I am moving less right now in October 2020 than I was in like June 2020, just by the nature of the weather and work. So that isn't because I'm tracking steps. That's just like a subconscious thing I'm aware of, and I can feel it when I'm used to tracking steps and paying attention to NEAT and things like that. You can see and tell when um, your activity is decreasing and your calorie burn is decreasing and you might need to adjust your food a little bit or increase your activity if you're really just being lazy. So these things are really important as a coach to implement in. Build the habits because honestly, you're not ever going to be with someone forever. Your time is very limited. You never exactly know when the end date is as a coach or trainer and you don't necessarily want to bring that up all the time but there is an end date, and it's important that you um, implement changes, lifestyle changes and habits to help that person succeed down the road because you don't want someone to stop training with you, come back to you in two years, overweight, out of shape. You want to change somebody's life, and you want to um, affect them in a way that they don't even need you anymore down the road, and that they are then a fit individual and can keep paying it forward a little bit, and if it's you and your fitness goals, just know, like I said at the beginning, the priorities change. It's important to know that if you're driven and motivated and hitting five sessions a week and cardio and steps and tracking your food, that might not last forever. You might have a time when you don't do that, so it's important to implement the right habits and lifestyle changes to set yourself up for success in the future, and those are the three things that I learned from personal training. I kind of want to continue this to be a series. Uh, Maybe next time I'll do things that I learned from being an intern, maybe being a strength coach, maybe doing online training down the road. But if you have any questions for me, you want to work with me, just reach out to my email or Instagram DMs. I put those in the description of the podcast all the time. Once again, thank you for the support of the show. This was episode 374, I believe. I'm just kind of rolling with that. Um, of the Fitness, Food, and Freedom podcast. And I'm Jordan Stoltz, your host. Those are three things I learned from personal training. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode and hope you're having a great week. Talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to the Triple F Podcast. Please leave a five-star iTunes review and share the podcast with your friends and family. Tune in next time for more great tips on, on fitness, fitness food, food, and freedom. freedom.